0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to VMB, the voice of Manhattan business, brought to you by the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Bruce Hurwitz. You can find me on the web at hsstaffing.com. I hope everyone will be able to join me at noon next Wednesday, when my guest will be Luana Lewis from the Better Business Bureau. We will be discussing cause marketing, bringing businesses and charities together. To learn about all future shows, please visit our website, thevoiceofmanhattanbusiness.com. And also, please remember to visit the events page on the Chamber's website, manhattancc.org, to learn about upcoming events on the Chamber's calendar, I am delighted to be joined today by Desiree Kinney from Mass Mutual, New Jersey, NYC. We will be discussing creating a personal brand. Please remember the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805 243 1301. That number again, 805 243 1301. And dial 1 so I know you have a question. And I am hoping that Desiree has just joined me. Desiree, are you there?
0: Hi. Yes, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm honored.
1: Well, it's my pleasure. Tell us about yourself and your company.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So my um, name, well, first, uh, full name is Desiree Kinney, and I'm a director of, of recruiting and relationship development. I uh, prefer to keep uh, the, the name as a, as a Fortune 500 company. Um, and I've been in uh, the financial services industry for eight years um, and really developed a passion for, per the title, uh, personal branding. So, Um, Even though you have um, background in the corporate space, it's always very important to really understand who you are, um, your personal brand um, as it pertains to your personal development, um, how you build relationships with others, um, as well as how you build professionally um, throughout your endeavor. So it's very important to... Um, understand those those key elements. So I'm very happy to share that with everyone today, and um, I'm happy to be on uh, the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. Now, what is a brand?
0: That's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. You know, um, when it comes to your personal brand, it's really uh, the best way to probably define it is it's, it's the process of how you differentiate yourself and stand out from the crowd. You know, um, I truly believe, Bruce, everyone has their own unique value. I use the phrase, you are unique with you. Um, so that's the one thing that I feel um, is your, your personal brand uh, equity. No, no one can actually define what those skill sets or characteristics are. So when I do present, and, you know, I presented at Fortune 500 companies. I presented for nonprofit organizations. I actually have my own thank you, Bruce, for marketing my, my own uh, event tonight for women's empowerment, and I always say, make sure you understand what makes you unique for you and what makes you different.
1: So if you were talking about a chamber member who's a solopreneur and they need a brand, obviously, but what would be the difference between their corporate brand and their personal brand?
0: Right, so I would say, well, one from the corporate side, we kind of start there. Um, it would be, you know, in in terms of, you know, what what is the value um, that you were trying to bring to the firm. So there's actually three three elements or three key areas when you're actually building a personal branding statement, And I encourage all of the listeners here, no matter what, where you are in your uh, development, whether you're a corporate executive, you're mid-level management looking to rise to senior level executive, or you're um, an executive looking to exit and to go into an entrepreneurial space. I encourage everyone to use these three three points and build their personal branding statement. But to get back to your point, Bruce, first, you know, identifying your value. What are you best at, right? So in that corporate space, say you work for You know, we'll just use the example of Fortune Fortune 500 financial services firm. What is that deliverable? What are you trying to bring to the firm? Whether it's relationship skills, customer service, uh, you're in a banking position or you're in sales, you want to really highlight those skill sets. Two is the audience. Know who you're serving, right? So you really have to find a connection between what are your skill sets and who are you actually trying to bring value to. So that's the second element. And then the third it's what are those, I'll keep using that term because it's very powerful, what are those unique skills? So how exactly are you going to do it uniquely? And i say the same thing crosses over to someone who's an entrepreneur, right? Because when you're sitting in front of that prospective client, I'll use a different example, fashion industry, right? You're trying to get, maybe display your clothes in a boutique, right? You want to be really narrow in on that those value-added skill sets, who is that target audience and how are you going to deliver those unique skills? So those are the three, value, audience, and unique skills.
1: But why does a business owner need a personal brand? Shouldn't it just be his corporate brand? Shouldn't there be no differentiation between the two? You're talking about values. So your personal values should transfer to your corporate values. You're not going to be honest and forthright in your personal life and a crook in your business life.
0: Right. I agree with you, but at the same time, um, how do you stand out? Let's talk about the small business owner, right? Let's just say you have... I'll use a coffee shop example. I'm sure there's a lot of coffee drinkers in, uh, on the call that they can't start their day without their coffee, right? So you have a Starbucks around every corner. You have a Dunkin' Donuts around every corner. How does that mom and pop stand out? I can actually give you an example. Um, when I uh, was actually out in the suburbs in New Jersey, there was, and I won't say the name just because I didn't disclose that I would in the, call, in the uh, podcast, but the differentiator and the way... The business owner, I uniquely identified his personal brand, is that he wants to create a family-like atmosphere. He wants people to come in, have a good time, you know, let their hair down after a long day. And he infused one of the things that he loves the most that he's actually researched could really draw in a crowd, and that's music. So he got, And I'm not talking about just playing music like a Starbucks. He has live music multiple days a week. This drew in an unbelievable crowd, and he said it was one of the key components to growing his business, to connect with that, that key piece of his business and who he is, because he's actually a musician himself. So people remember that, and it's lasting. Um, and I think when it comes to a personal brand, I kind of compare it to when you're walking into a business setting and there's hundreds of people. There's a very short period for you to be forgettable, so make sure that you're memorable, and that's by uniquely identifying your personal brand. Is that fair to say, Bruce?
1: That's fair. Now let's look at how you go about creating a brand. Talk to us about social media.
0: Absolutely. Now focusing on the tools. (laughs) So go ahead. Absolutely. So I would say, you know, the number one tool right now, It's LinkedIn. Um, And I'm not saying that Facebook doesn't have a tremendous following and backing. It does. They're one of the originators. However, LinkedIn is a personal branding business tool, and I describe it as a personality profile. Um, Say the traditional way of of actually getting in front of someone, You, you give them your resume, your credentials, your skill sets, your proposal. But the LinkedIn profile, it shows people a little bit of inside of who you are, who you're connected to, and how you're building relationships in the community. People can see your contacts. They can see the groups you're connected to. They can see the forums, the discussion boards. They can see pictures, video, publications. There's slideshows. So people can see a little bit more about who you are. And every time you have the ability uh, to meet someone, whether it's at a social event, a seminar, business-related initiatives, you have the opportunity to connect with them. So that's how you're building your brand. You're physically, aesthetically showing who you are, what's important to you, what are your values, and also who are the people that you want to identify with, who are the customers that you would like to work with because they can look at your profile and they can see it. This has tremendously grown not only my corporate brand, but also my personal brand. Um I can also publicly disclose. I have a startup business as well. And all of my relationships have been organically through social media and or warm introductions.
1: It's funny you mention LinkedIn because I'm a big believer in LinkedIn. I've written I'm just I just opened up my um, page, my um post page. I've published 128 posts on LinkedIn, and the the number of readers range from a couple dozen to over 125,000. In total, wow. mine have been read by more than 300,000 people. I'm very proud of that. I've got an international media attention, <laughs> what have you. But here's what's interesting. And I just said that, not to brag, not to pat myself on the back, but to get to, the next, to, to this question. Last week, I published three uh, posts. The first one was on Friday, and it's called How to Learn, How to Listen. And 104 people have read it. Then on Sunday morning, I wrote a post called The One Question to Ask Yourself If You Think You Should Change Careers. That's been read by 10,527 individuals. And the third one that I sent out maybe or published an hour later called The Better Cover Letter has been read by 519 people. In other words, I don't know, and this is my question, why something takes off and why something doesn't. And just because something has over 100,000 reads doesn't mean you're going to get more clients than something that's just been read 100 times. So talk to us about the impact of a post on LinkedIn, or on anything else, and what it means to be viral, and how do you get, what do you recommend people do to get the visibility that they obviously want, besides the obvious of writing well?
0: Absolutely, Bruce. I know I think that's a great question. Um, I can say I have received that question in presentations and panels before. Um, So first I'll just start with the number one thing that I think people have to realize, um, social media is a vehicle, I mean, a tool. Um, it is not the final solution. Um, how you act, how you react, that is, that is ultimately the most important piece. And what do I mean by that? Follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. Um, I'll almost go into the example that I love to give um, when I speak about the elevator pitch um, and you're going into a room of people The key piece is to follow up immediately. So connecting with them on LinkedIn, sending them a thank you note, making sure they remember you. A few business days go by and they'll say, Bruce who? (laughs) So you have to keep yourself top of mind. Um, When it comes to actually going, um, actually before I go further, actually I want to stay on that point, the power of your network is going to help to elevate those posts and, and expand the audience that you have. So if those posts, I'm not sure if you, you did or did not, so you can, you can jump in here and correct me, but did you tag or include key influencers and leaders and individuals that have an extremely powerful network that can help to leverage that content and really directly impact um, the power of that post? Did you actually tag and include people in that post? or
1: well no, you can't you, you can't really do that with a post. You can do it with an update. You could do it if you're uploading a photo and then you include the person's name and then they'll know about it. But I have 30,000 first degree connections and over 30,600 followers. So
0: Right. What right. happens so is, is, yes. is that
1: people share. Right. But there's something else and I didn't want to uh well it's a conversation, so I guess it's all right I don't want to take away from your time There's one thing that a lot of people don't realize they can do on LinkedIn, and that is when you have published a post, you share it with the nice people at what's called LinkedIn pulse, and you do that by sending out a tweet that says i'll just and I did it for all three, so it makes so that shows the importance of the decision that these people are making so for the the better cover letter i sent out a tweet here's how to write a better cover letter or a more effective cover letter then tip tip at the at symbol linked in pulse and then you include the url for the post then that gets to the nice people at LinkedIn Pulse, and then they decide whether or not to promote it in a network or in, in, a, um, in an industry category. So the one for uh, on changing Careers, they posted in three different industry groups. So that's why that took off and got 10,000. They didn't want to post the one on cover letters, so the 500 is the generic or organic result of my followers reading it and sharing it. But using tip at LinkedIn Pulse gets you a chance to go viral.
0: Right, and, and I definitely understand. And it, it's using and being more creative with, with the tools. You know, it's just like how I mentioned that some aren't aware that you can actually create your own custom slideshow. You could say, This is me. This is who I am. And you can actually visually show that. There was actually a girl that um, wrote about wanting to get her dream job at one of the major tech companies, think Google, Amazon. And she didn't get the position. But because of her creative display on her profile, every other company noticed her, and she went viral. Um, and that was actually going back to my point of using the power of her network. Um, there, I would focus on the vehicles that allow you to tag and include those influencers and leaders, and to create the discussion or build, uh, use your word, create the conversation yourself. So creating a forum or a group that allows you to freely post and to encourage others to share their thoughts in that forum to create a dialogue around these topics. Then people will identify you as a genuine person who's looking to share information and enrich their lives rather than selling them. Um, So I encourage people to create the conversation. That's when I've seen things go viral. You can't ultimately control what Someone will, what, will, will actually gravitate towards your readers. But what you can do is connect yourself with as many influencers and leaders and, and innovation, uh, you know, I think they call it innovation thought leaders that can actually grab the attention of your targeted audience. I've known that from presentations and events to connect uh, with those individuals. It makes a tremendous impact. I just was actually a consultant for um, the Savvy Ladies event at the NASDAQ complete full room, and connecting with the president led to some of my own personal uh, accomplishments and endeavors, such as doing an investment news feature and TV uh, feature. And, and that was by communicating very clearly what my definition is of my personal brand is, what my personal goals are, and, and connecting with her helped to leverage my network tenfold. Um, so I think that's really what helps to grow it and to get it to about. You have an amazing following, Bruce. I think it's just really about connecting more with those those influencers and, and, and leaders that can really help you develop your platform further. I think that's what really helps to get it viral. Well,
1: one thing that uh, just reinforces what you've said is that I will also post these – or or. or uh, start a discussion, if you will, in relevant groups on LinkedIn with a link to the post. And then uh, there's usually a little bit of a discussion, but it's also a way to get more readers. But let's move on. Yes. And just a reminder, you're listening to the Voice of Manhattan Business. My guest today is Desiree Kinney from Mass Mutual, New Jersey NYC. We are discussing creating a personal brand. If you have any questions, feel free to call in. The number is 805 and dial 1 so I know that you have a question. And please remember, the opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce. Desiree, what about, and we're going back to tools for building a brand. What about the media getting quoted in articles in newspapers, magazines, and on websites, blogs?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, I think I kind of uh, mentioned that a little briefly with you know some of the individuals in my network. But before I actually go into that, I do want to mention something that I will even frankly admit I learned recently um, as I was presenting for a program um, one Saturday. Um, someone came in who was a very senior consultant, um, he's a mentor, he's a coach, he's a leader, and he talked about finding a sponsor, someone who's in a higher place than you are to get where you want to go. And there's, there, that's where the tie-in is going with how, how, how I, you know, in my 20s, um, was able to really build um, my media relationships at a young age, and it was through having sponsors, um, so whether they were executives, business owners, um, it was mutual. You know, I, I helped them, and, and they, they helped me. I didn't expect it in return. But being able to build those relationships um, uh, really can have a fundamental impact on your business because uh, people love to, love to um, do their research before they work with you. Um, you know, I've worked for certified financial planners. I worked for a very, uh, you know, a, a smaller boutique firm, not small in terms of success, small in terms of size. And when that CEO was quoted on CNBC, um, when he was quoted by the Star Ledger, NewJersey.com, um, that added credibility to his business. It didn't matter that he had a CFP. It didn't matter that he had 20 years in the industry. It's that a top publication or media outlet have the confidence and the trust to respect his opinion enough to put it in their in their publication or on their TV channel. Um, so I think if we talk about strategy, I'm all about networking, building relationships, and warm. More referral streams for your business. So I would say going and lo- looking into. Of course, I'm going to start with um, the Chamber of Commerce uh, networks in your local area. Building with people as amazing as Bruce um, <laughs> I had to give that little shadow, um, but and also connecting with organizations that share similar interests and values as you do. Um, there are most likely going to be media outlets there, people that you know. I, I go to local organization chapters, nonprofit events. There's always some, oh, I'm from Fox, oh, I'm from CNBC, oh, I'm from CBS. They're going to be there. But I say that with a grain of salt. Don't be afraid to start small. One of my first relationships with a media outlet was actually a small startup online magazine. And then I connected with a small blog. And then I connected with a community television show, and I became a Co-host, and then I connected with another community show, and I became a co-host for another show. Don't be afraid to start small. It's about visibility and showing who you are and having that searchability and building your credibility. Once you get to that level, that's when the big dogs will come in, but it's about building the initial credibility for your brand and your business.
1: Well, one of the sites that I've used over the last six years if you're acquainted, then uh, oh, then please uh, chime in. Help a reporter out. That is a website where you sign up. It's free. You sign up as a source. And what happens is, is every day you get, three times a day, an email with a list of questions from reporters. You answer them, and you get quoted. If it's the, the reporter likes your answer, you get quoted. Now, I've been doing this, as I said, for... Uh, since May of 2010, actually, and I follow this religiously because I want to know what's out there on the internet about me, about my brand, and I've been quoted in over 700 articles, something like 450 publications across the country, and I think it's 27 foreign countries, and it's all for free, and it gets credibility. It's how I built my career counseling business because of all this free press coverage. And it's especially easy if you're shy and you, you don't have the internal uh, fortitude to go over to a producer or a reporter and introduce yourself, and you know that they're inundated anyway. So it goes in one ear out the other. This way, reporters are are, technically speaking, they're coming to you, You're helping them. You know what they need. You're providing it. And if you do a good job, what happens now is that reporters come to me directly and don't even use that website. So helperreporter.com is something I would advise our listeners to use. Do you know of any other similar sites?
0: I can't say that I know of a similar site. That sounds fantastic. But I would say... Um, look, look into opportunities even to um, volunteer. I go, if you go to an event and you do see someone who has a table or a display or something, whether it's, you know, a radio station, you know, or, you know, a local community, I would go up and say, hey, do you need any help? Do you need any assistance? I can spread the word. I can be an ambassador. I think there's many ways to get creative. These um, stations are always looking for help. I was actually on the subway. And I was stopped by New York One News that desperately needed comments and, and, and uh, you know, basically stopped me right there and said no one, no one has said yes to, to the interview. I said, well, I think your biggest challenge is the subways don't come that frequently, you know, so people want to go to the subway. Um, I'll miss my stop for you. Um, but, no, you know, it's, it's getting creative. If you, if you say you're willing to support them and be an ambassador in the field, and and build their their brand, especially if they're like a New York one that's, you know, known and and still elevating and building their brand. I do know some reporters for that channel, great channel. But that's an opportunity. You know, you have to seize the opportunity. Like the help reporter, I think that's amazing. That's fantastic. But I almost say I'm big proof on stepping out of your comfort zone. You have to get comfortable getting uncomfortable. If you are looking to take your business to the next level, not saying in any way, help reporter sounds amazing, but why not take a chance, take a risk, and step out of the comfort zone, right, and see what you, you're capable of? Um, now, it all depends on where you're looking for your business to go, but the worst they could say is no. Most of the time, if it's not a cost to them, and you're looking to promote their brand and be an ambassador, why would they say no? You know, so I look at it as seize every opportunity and, and really take a chance and a risk because that risk could really pay off for your business,
1: I agree with you 100%, and I like to tell the story when I'm speaking. I mention that I've been quoted in the Wall Street Journal and that I've been quoted in some little blog that no one's ever heard of, and I ask, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to be in the Wall Street Journal, or would you be prefer to be on uh, quoted in Bruce's blog? And everybody, of course, says the Wall Street Journal. But the fact of the matter is, I've gotten more (laughs) business from the small, dinky blogs that nobody's ever heard of than from the major publications. But let's move on.
0: What are your feelings
1: about email blasts and the threat of being seen as a spammer?
0: um, So are you talking from from the perspective of... You're building uh, yeah, your brand, you want to get the
1: word out. Yes. You've got a uh, a mailing list. You, yeah. Like mm. I I people think that just because we're first degree connections on uh, LinkedIn, that gives them the right to send me their um newsletter. It doesn't. I yeah. that goes to spam instantly. So I that's I the agree. worst way to contact me. What's your thinking about these email blasts?
0: So you happen to be asking one of the biggest relationship specialists, <laughs> <laughs> ambassador of my agency, and the reason why I've been an ambassador of, of for so many years um, is because I'm all about personalization and customization. Now, I know the small business owners on the line are saying, "Are you kidding me? I don't have time for that, but you have to be careful because those email blast and the mass communications can burn bridges for a lifetime. And, and if you're a business owner, especially I'll say peak you know, years, maybe first three years or three to five years, every relationship is very vital to your business, even the small ones, because it's still visibility as us go back to our first point. So I would say to scrub your list every single week. And make sure if you are sending a mass email that it's to the people that are intended to receive the mass email. But those key leaders, I'm mean, going to keep saying it the influencers, the people who are going to make an impact, whether they're potential partners, sponsors, or connected to the potential partners and sponsors, they need time for an individual customized email. If you have an event, you want to invite them, you have a grand opening. You have, you know, some type of celebration, whatever it may be. Customization and personalization is key no matter what business you are in. I really 100%, like 300% believe that.
1: (laughs) Now, what about advertising? Do you think it's worth the money? Take out an ad in a newspaper, a magazine?
0: I think it depends, one, because my background is also marketing. So I've developed marketing budgets and plans for multiple companies, first you have to start with what are you working with? Um, because one thing, you know, you have to see where are you in your business? Are you in the infancy stages, the earliest stages, development stages? Where are you financially? So first I would say first determine your budget. A lot of emerging business owners, they, they say I have a 0% marketing budget. Well, guess what? If you have a 0% marketing budget, I'm not quite sure where your business will be going long term. But that means you can still focus on social media, but you have to still have some elements. There are still, depending on the industry you're in, there's still a little bit of the old school traditional marketing that is still proven to be successful because some people do um, prefer the physical mailing or the physically feeling the, 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 whatever you're, you're sending to them, whether it's marketing collateral or uh, et cetera so i would say determine what your budget is first and also how does it, how does it fit into the overall vision of your business i'm big on vision building you know so if it makes sense if your audience obviously if you're you're in the technology space or you're in the, um you know financial it, maybe it makes more sense to focus more on social media and to shy away from ads you know some that are using social media have been are very strategic they're boosting their posts um, you know, they're connecting in different ways so that they can minimize their costs. And, um, you know, the boost to post, it's it's, it's very it's a very low expenditure for your business. But I would say really try to evaluate the bigger piece of where you're looking to go, how many clients you're looking to generate, what are your growth and revenue targets for the year so that you're not just spending um, outlandishly, but you actually have a goal in mind, does that make sense.
1: It most certainly does. Now, if you're building a personal brand, a corporate brand. Today's day and age, that means you've got to go public, whether it's on LinkedIn or any other sites or your website, (laughs) a a, a blog, what have you. And invariably, somebody's going to disagree. There's going to (laughs) be negativity. How do you recommend responding to negativity?
0: You know, and I've actually seen, you know, with some of the, the, the big, you know, um, companies. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want it in any way name drop, but just big big BCG companies that are in the public eye, retail um, businesses that are in the public eye, and you know the most clever response I've seen is is saying, well, well, here's a solution for you. You know, in, instead of you know, you know, kind of combating what they're saying. Listen, I think the biggest thing that whether you're a business a business owner or an executive. You need to listen. What is their concern and how can you – and though I think, honestly, the one thing that I think is, is probably not the, the most ideal solution is to just say, here, let me – say it's like a repo. let me give you a coupon or a discount. You're not listening to their concern. Listening to their concern is saying, well, how can we improve this product or service? I love your feedback. You know, so I think it's engaging them to find out how can you help them. Don't get me wrong, everybody loves free things. (laughs) Everybody loves the discount. It's not that you can't at some point add the incentive, but if you're direct response, think if you go to a restaurant, Bruce, and you're unsatisfied with the food. Do you prefer the manager to say, I'll come replace it? Or do you prefer him to listen to what the problem is and say, you know what, I'm going to talk to the cooks. Next time I'll make sure the steak isn't so rare, and I'm going to find a better solution for you. Rather than just saying, "I'll just give you a new meal and take it off, I'll take it off the bill," I want to hear a solution so that the next time I don't have that same dissatisfaction.
1: The best is that, is example I ever re- heard about, I read it, and I don't remember the name of the hotels. And if I did, I wouldn't give them out anyways for obvious reasons. <laughs> but one person is at a arrives for a conference, gets to the hotel. They've lost his reservation, so <laughs> he gets out and sends out a tweet saying, "Just arrived at hashtag #ABC hotel. Uh, oh. They lost my um, uh, my reservation." And then uh, you know, ah, with an exclamation point. Three minutes later, he received a tweet. From a competitor of the hotel that said, "Come to us. We're located at," and gave the address. We have a room for you. So one company was following their competitors, and every time somebody did a hashtag with the um, the name of the competitor or their Twitter handle, they found out about it, and they responded to, quote, unquote, steal the business.
0: No, and I think that that's why you have to be proactive instead of reactive, right? Um, some of these businesses, and once again, without name dropping, but I have seen it, are very proactive. They're saying, what is your feedback? Did you like this product? Did you like this service? How can we improve? How can we get better? What are the biggest concerns that you have, you know, as as a business owner, as it pertains to these business uh, let's say these office solutions. What are the solutions that you think you need? What is your biggest struggle during the day? How can we make it easier for you? So I think automatically having that open dialogue with your audience instead of reacting when something happens and saying, we'll give you a free room, that's going to make the competition look a lot more attractive. But the reality is the loyalty that someone has with the brand is when there's consistency and when there's communication. It's just like with your doctors. I've used the same doctors for ten years. I've used the same hairstylist for ten for over fifteen years. Actually, I'm, I sound like I'm aging myself, but it's actually true. Um, and it's because there's consistency. Every time I go, I know I will not be in the waiting room too long. I know I'll have that personal relationship. I know they'll listen. You know, and so that's what that's the biggest piece. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of. You know I mean, that's not the name but of a major you know soda company, you know, like you know the Coca-Cola, the Pepsis of the world. Or if you have your own startup product, the same values should resonate with your company because the same expectations will be there from your customers and your target audience. So I think people have to understand and get into the mind of the customer, so that competition wouldn't even have a chance because they're like, nope. I'm okay because I know they're going to take care of me. This is my favorite hotel. I come here, I've come here for 15 years.
1: Well, ironically, this show has now gone full circle because just before we began, I got a notice from the, my health insurance that my premium is going up 150% next year. And you were just kind enough to remind me of that, even though i was able to forget about it for the last 40 minutes. So, <laughs> uh, on that pleasant note, uh, before I let you go, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
0: Um, well I would say probably as, as I I'd prefer my personal email, you know. Um that would be best, um, just so I don't get it doesn't get worried. I'm I'm a very personal person, as I mentioned. And I would say because we're talking about personal branding, everyone on this call should be collect, connecting with me on LinkedIn. I should have about uh, what a couple thousand requests! How many are tuned in today? <laughs> so you can you can uh, find me on my LinkedIn. You know, Desiree uh, Kinney, and then um, email. I'm 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 happy to give my my personal email, um, Desiree T at AOL dot com. Yes, I still use AOL. See I'm loyal. <laughs> That's funny
1: because there is an impression <laughs> that amongst recruiters, and I've heard this a lot, and there is some truth to it, but I don't. Personally, I, I couldn't care less. They say that when somebody sees AOL, they immediately think you're old, and you are not old.
0: So uh, I'm an old just, spirit, but I, I, I tend to say if it's not broke, don't fix it, um, and I, I, I like that mentality. It seems to be working so far.
1: <laughs> well, Desiree, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. You've provided a lot of valuable information, and I appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners do as well.
0: Thank you, Bruce, for all that you do, and it was an absolute honor. And I hope that everyone takes away a few points today, and feel free to contact me. I'd love to help you on your journey.
1: And as always, a special thank you to our listeners. And I'm certain Desiree joins me in wishing everyone a safe and prosperous week.